Bachelor Life with Brent and Jeff. Some things just can't be explained. Like, why is it the colder the x-ray table, the more of your body is actually required on the table? (laughs) It seems that's the way it usually goes. Doctors like goosebumps. The Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. More Ashlanda statements by Brent and Jeff. (laughs) But, uh, yo, what's up? Thanks for being here. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to us. We're here till 11 o'clock, whether you like it or not. So you might as well just sit back and relax. Just like the doctor says. Look, deal with it. (laughs) I know life is tough, but hey. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to put up or shut up. And we're going to put up tonight. (laughs) We got a great topic for you. From Hebrews 11, again, we'll be talking about Moses and um, not Charlton Heston. So uh, keep it locked here. Talking about how Moses knew that there was something more. Even though he had the world at his fingertips, he knew that there was something greater, and he wanted to pursue that. Get your Bibles out, fools. <laughs> what am I, the guy from, pardon the interruption, <laughs> knuckleheads? Um, verse 24, Hebrews chapter 11 says, By faith Moses, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the riches, I'm sorry, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. That's what, it, that's what it's like to be the man, pretty much, <laughs> is when you can say goodbye to the life of style and luxury within this world. If God's calling you on to do something else and, you know... Yeah, just preparing cool. for the show, listening to some Bible studying and all that stuff. Uh, Josephus actually said that Pharaoh's daughter was barren, which is why she took Moses and kept her as her son. So basically, Moses would have been heir to the throne at that point, you know, when uh, when uh, you know Pharaoh had passed away and all that. And we see the movie and all that kind of thing, uh, Prince of Egypt and the Ten Commandments and everything. But I don't think it really shows exactly what he had. I mean, he had the world by the scruff of the neck. <laughs> he was like, he could do what he wanted. Any any food, and you know, Egypt was just lavish. And, and Egypt represents a lot of times the flesh and the world and how it's like, you know, there's comforts and, you know, and, uh, you know, the slate, but it also shows the slavery of sin when, you know, the children of Israel, yeah, they were in Egypt, which was like this great place, but they were enslaved in Egypt. And that's what, uh, we're talking about tonight how Moses actually chose to be a slave to Christ than be free in the world and we talked about that before but um, talking about it in the in the context of faith is really important uh, I love how it says that he he endured as seeing him who is invisible that's what we've been talking about these last couple weeks about yep. seeing what is not seen that's right having faith it's hard you have to have faith because it's like you know why would you in your right mind give up all this amazing stuff on the world and trade it all in so you could be a slave. That's what Moses did. And we're bringing delving into what that really means. Million Dollar Man by Cutlass. I think Moses was probably worth more than Million Dollar Man. He was more like the Six Million Dollar Man. <laughs> I know, right? He had like 12 lamb burginis. <laughs> he probably wore a goat tee. <laughs> oh Boo. Um, talking about Moses, the man. Um Back in the day, the most powerful man in, as Jeff was saying, in the world at the time, could have anything he wanted—girls, cars, 
mansions. He can't have. They were building pyramids and stuff for people. <laughs> like he could have had his own pyramid, the Moses mid pyramid <laughs> thing, and um, he could have had all that stuff and ruled the world with an iron fist. Yeah. And um, and you know he could have even been a really good fair king yeah. and a fair a pharaoh and could have ruled the world very fairly and nicely. I'm um, afraid all this late. and even yeah, and even <laughs> feet, he could have even decided like I'm gonna hang in and be Pharaoh and then I can have the power to free all the slaves. I mean, he could have even like tried to work a work a deal with God to say, all right, I'll keep my wealth yeah. and then we can go. Um, you know, I want all the pleasures that I'm being offered and you know, and I can do what you want me to do later. It's like when people are like, Jesus, just let me win the lottery. I'll give five percent to the church. <laughs> That's like a whole. Five hundred thousand dollars or something. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do good with 250,000. it. Two hundred fifty thousand. I'll be good. <laughs> Not good with math without like a calculator. Yeah, he didn't use um, a bargaining chip with God. It's so cool because it just uh, he was just like up and out. <laughs> He's just yeah. like, you know what? I'm out of here. Thanks, like, that's no a scary thanks. thing. I mean, you grew up. All he knew was growing up in Pharaoh's house. All he knew was you know that. He didn't know how to make himself breakfast. He had people making breakfast for him. <laughs> for him, you know, he didn't know how to. Um, he was used to being taken care of and waited on hand and foot. And like now, he's deciding all of a sudden by faith to step out of Pharaoh's house and become like a slave and to actually be a slave with the rest of his brethren, the Israel like brethren. Yeah. You know, so how would you like you, you say you're like the president or? Something that you're somebody who's real powerful and, and gets things done for them and everything's really good. You walk into a prison and you're like, you know what? Forget all this luxury. I'm just going to open this cell up. I'm going to be in here. That's basically yeah. what he did. Like, he saw the slavery, he saw the abuse of the slaves, and he was like, those are my people. Not this, you know, rich, you know, pomegranates and great fruit and great art and great whatever they had going on. He was like, that's where I should be. I should yeah. be under the taskmaster's whip. I shouldn't be the one holding it. And he just totally forsook Egypt. and was like, you know what? That's all good, but there's something so much greater, something that I can't see with my physical eye that God has for me. And um, You went from using China plates to making license plates. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There's a passage. There's a, a, a couple words in that Hebrews 11 that, um, we, that Jeff read that said, The passing pleasures of sin. Because that's what it is, you know. Anything that the world has to offer does never it never lasts forever. You know, it always passes away. I mean, it, you, you buy a car, you know, and it's a sweet lamb burgini or something. <laughs> I mean, you could only theoretically have that if you drive it every day and you use it or whatever. You could have it forever, your whole life. But like, you know, in fifteen years or something, it's just going to be some old Lamborghini, <laughs> and um, you know, you you need to like take care of it. It falls apart by itself. It rusts by itself, and um, it's a passing pleasure. And uh, Moses had a lot of those around him, you know. And of course, he could go buy a new one if he, you know, had an old if his Lamborghini died. Um, but you know, the point is that sin and everything the world has to offer is just, you know, something that's temporal. Like we've been talking about, you know, the things that are unseen are the things that are eternal. The things that are that you can see actually pass away. Yeah. The the idea of sin being pleasurable for a season, the the amount of enjoyment you get out of sinning, it's really minuscule when you look at the amount of suffering that a life of sin will bring, uh, you know, eternally. And uh, when you look at it in those scales, obviously, eternity with Christ out far outweighs the, the temporary suffering, like it says in Romans, 
you know, the, the sufferings of this present time will by no means be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. Same thing with pleasure of sin. You know, the, the pleasure of sin is no way comparable to the consequences, eternal death and all that stuff that is the result of a life of sin. So, you know, there's definitely weights and balances that um, we as Christians, we can't see physically, but we need to be looking at them, you know, in the spiritual sense and uh, really living our life according to God's scales because they're the only ones that matter. Yeah, they're the only ones that, <laughs> that are honest. <laughs> I mean, when you have these these things, you know, that you're, like, obsessed over, man. I, you know, the world says, you know, live it up, man. We're only here for, like, you know, 70 years. Just go out and, like, party hard, man. Live it up. Get all the stuff that you can. Um, and even in the Christian perspective. Life like, is short. You know, hard. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's just, that's should be your pursuit of your life. And, you know, the, instead, the godly perspective of that is, Lord, I'd rather be just a doorkeeper in your house but to be with you forever yeah. and to just have all these things and to never see you. Yeah. What did it say? We've, we, I mean, it's kind of cool how it all ties together, but we talked about it before about you were a slave of sin. You were free to righteousness, but now that you're free from sin, you become a slave to righteousness. But guess what? It's time for our unbelievable, unbelievable. You know why? I guess, you know, going back to the beginning of time, I wonder when you started saying that you love somebody with your heart, like with your organs, Yeah. you know, like, I know in the Bible, you know, they use different organs to mean like yeah. the seat of your emotions, bowels. like your bowels or your, <laughs> you know, your kidneys or whatever. Yeah. And it's Out like of your belly will flow rivers of living. What if we did that in America? <laughs> what if like, you know, we could love somebody with all of our esophagus? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like ever since I met you, baby, your bladder mattered to me. You know, like, like what, what's the, I don't know. It would just be really funny to like just insert where you have heart, take it out and insert, you know, some <laughs> other organ. It yeah. just—it sounds really funny. You Your know, like, kidney makes me want to have a kid with you. <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> <laughs> baby? You make my liver quiver. You know, it's like—it's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> the way your perfume makes my nasal cavity erupt in emotion <laughs> or phlegm. You're like, what are you talking about? Well, nasal cavities and livers. <laughs> my bowels quiver. At the sight of you. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. It's a great... It's, it's actually kind of funny. If you think about some songs like, I love you with all my cheek, you know. <laughs> yeah, you get my... real specific. Like, yeah. you know, weak in the knees becomes re- weak in my meniscus. <laughs> <laughs> man, I tore my ACL when I saw you. <laughs> you ripped me a whole AC, new ACL. <laughs> That's so funny. It's getting real specific. Oh, man, my aortic valve is just like <laughs> throbbing. Whenever I just think of you, you get all medical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's music to my you know, you know auditory organs. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. It's called an auditory. It's organ. My eardrums. It's my <laughs> my anvil. Little bones that are so. One of them's called the anvil. I think <laughs> my anvil just beats. When you, you sing, the way your uvula just bobs back and forth to tease my senses. <laughs> That is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think we should. I think you know. <laughs> I think you're in a band, Jeff. You should start writing songs with, um, you know, talking about your organs that way. That'd be really funny. It would be funny. <laughs> I, you know, I love you. I cannot the- wait to put my appendages around you. <laughs> <laughs> I love when we walk down the street holding, <laughs> holding our ph- our phalanges grasping <laughs> together. <laughs> 
<laughs> or phalanges. Anyway, that's absolutely ridiculous by Brent and Jeff. The altar life. Music truth, real period. Hey, that's who we are. Get I over love it. when the unbelievable is so random. It has nothing to do with the topic. Yeah, like, this, um, like that one. We're going to pause for station ID. We'll see you on the other side. Still to come on the altar life. Fighting instinct. Light my way. You know it's a breakthrough. That was The Send, a song called me. I think that was the first time appearance by The Send. There's a lot of bands with The. Yeah. The Fold, The Send, The No Longer, The Afters, The, the Alter turning. Life with Brent. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we're not a band, but... We could be. We followed that model. You know, all we needed to do was put a The in our name. There you go. That's the, the cliche now, <clears throat> is to put a The, just like back in the old 60s days with the crickets and the mosquitoes and the beetles and... Whatever. <laughs> the Mosquitoes is from Gilligan's Island, actually. There was a band that got marooned on the island, and they were called the Mosquitoes. Really? Yeah. The Monkeys? Remember that? Yeah. The, the old Monkeys. Ones? They were That's a huge old. influence on the Beatles. They were. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, actually, if you think about it that way, with the name. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> we're talking about Moses, not bands with... The Moses. With insect bands. Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously... That's Whoa. from Singing in the Rain. <laughs> Jersey Singing in the Rain, people. It's a good movie. You should go check it out. <laughs> make them laugh. Make them laugh. <laughs> what am I talking well, about? I don't know, but you're sitting here dancing in front of me. <laughs> I was doing Six Million Dollar Man. If only you could. Steve Austin. Sometimes, if only you could see what Jeff looked like <laughs> as he was just talking to y'all. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I guess a, I'm the only one who appreciates that. I wear that. a headset mic so I can dance around the studio as we do the show. Because I can't be confined <laughs> to a chair. Oh, no. You cannot. You can only hope to, to contain, contain me. <laughs> That's why the seat, the chair he's got on has a seatbelt. He would hurt himself otherwise. So when I tell you guys to strap in, it's because I've already done so. <laughs> Actually, I've already had it done to me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> The Alter Life. Seeing isn't believing. With Brent and Jeff. Believing is seeing. A girl named World Ambassador. You're listening to The Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. Do you think that song is figurative, or do you think he really dated a girl named World? I don't know. That'd be really... Because there was a basketball player named World Be Free. So it, Really? Yeah. Well, he changed his name. It wasn't... That, <laughs> was was, it, that became his, like, you know... How much did his parents get made fun of? <laughs> he changed his name to World Be Free. He was on the Sixers, actually, back in the... I think 70s and 80s with Moses Malone. Segway <laughs> to Moses to Moses. You know, I was thinking. Um, <clears throat> I work with some people who, you know, classic. You know, living it up, American dream. Want the want the best out of you know. Want the most out of their life. You know, and they always ask me because my wife has. You know, we have a kid, and my wife stays home with my son. And says, "Hey, does your wife stay home with your son?" And I say, "Yeah, she stays home." And it's like, well, that's cool. You know. And I said, yeah, that is cool. And um, they say, you're lucky. And um, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking, like, the reason why they're saying I'm lucky is because a lot of times they're trying to live this life, that they're trying to get everything out of the world. And they're not, like, really thinking about the fact that 
um, they're not weighing the the options correctly. And I'm like, you know, it's not like luck necessarily that um, she's staying home. It was actually a decision. It's not like, oh man, like yeah. the wheel spun and you get to stay home. You know, like <laughs> it was a conscious decision. You know, and I understand. You know, like Jeff, like you know, you know, your wife unfortunately has to go and work for your family, but. It's like in, in a sense, but yeah, because I just sit here and do this <laughs> while she goes and, and sometimes it's almost bread. right. Sometimes it's impossible, <laughs> no, you know. But um, you know, but you can make decisions in your life that actually allow you to do the things that God wants you to do, and not being so concerned with, oh my gosh, if, if she quit her job, then I wouldn't be able to have my six hundred thousand dollar house and drive my, you know, hundred thousand we'll dollar car. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to say Lamborghini again. Okay, Lamborghini. And then I won't be able to be the $6 million man. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, um, but you get my drift, right? It's like, you know, what are we What are we living for, people? You know? Are we, <laughs> are we living for the passing, passing pleasures of stuff and sin? Or are we living for our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And yeah. um, I guess you have to have a relationship with the Lord before you can actually live for him, right? So get that done. Yeah. And we'll we'll help you with the rest. <laughs> you take care of that, and then we'll be here for you if you ever need us. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, the idea that Moses had all this stuff—just think about it, like chariots. You know, obviously you're like, oh, chariot. I don't want a chariot. But back then, chariots were a big deal, and uh, you know, he had all this. I'm sure he had his, you know, betrothed wife, wyvern. Wyvern. <laughs> Is that the plural voice? of wives? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Wyvern, like <laughs> oxes and oxen. <laughs> um, but he had it all, and he was like, you know what? This stuff, is, yeah, it's cool, but it's not what God has for me. It's not right. I don't. Be- it doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong in my life. You know, a lot of times it's all about our perspective. It's all about the fact that. You know, we think we want all this passing stuff, but Christ is really saying it's, you know, Moses considered the reward. He considered the eternal. He considered considered what the Lord was considering in his life. And um, that's something we need to do and have that breakthrough in our lives. And we talked about it before. Moses, he realized that Jesus, you know, Christ, the promise of the Messiah, all those things, the promised land, that was enough for him. He didn't need all the stuff. And he realized that this, that he was just passing through this life. He didn't need to stay in Egypt. He could be, you know, a pilgrim and someone who was traveling, wandering for 40 years and and going to the promised land. And uh, John Rubin talks about all I have is what God gives. And that's how we should be living our life is that, you know, nothing that we have right now. Yeah, it's nice and it's comfortable, but that's not what we're living for. We're not living for those temporary things. We're living for the eternal. And uh, Moses was, his perspective was so right that he could just give it, give it up and turn his back on that and, go into a life of, you know, being on the run and being, you know, in slavery and, and you know, just having to lead these people. <laughs> Imagine right. that, like, you know, a million people and just having to, you know, lead them and, and deal with their personalities and their rebe- rebellion and all this garbage. It's a shame. But uh, Moses was uh, was up to the task. And at that moment when he, God was like, all right, leave, you know, like become a slave, you know, he had to make a decision. And he had to come to terms with the fact that if, Lord, all I was was a slave like the rest of the Israelites for the rest of my life and I died as a slave, would that be enough if I had you? Like, he had to make that decision. Like, is having you and obeying you as a slave, is that enough for me in my life? Because he was turning his back on all this other stuff, which wasn't for for him, like Jeff said. But he had to ask that question. Is it enough? And is it enough for us? Like, that's a challenge for us tonight. 
if God asks us to do something that's not that looks doesn't look that cool on this world, um, would that be enough for you if you knew you were obeying the Lord just to do that stuff and be the the guy who cleaned the toilets in the church or <laughs> the guy who was the usher or the guy who you know had to do the disgusting thing um, for Christ? Is that enough? You know, that's a I don't know. That's a good question for both of us or all of us this evening. You know, as we're plowing through this stuff. Yeah, is it enough for you to live? Um, you know, paycheck to paycheck for your entire life? Is it enough for only one of your kids to go to college? Yeah. Is it enough for you to be married to the same woman faithfully? Um, or do you need to go out and, you know, try a whole bunch? Right. <laughs> Is it enough for you to have Christ and have everything else? And that's how it should really be in our life. And, and you know, God forgive me for my perspective being off that I need all these other things to fill the gaps. When God... You know, we said, we played the song earlier, God shaped whole. We were created to have a relationship with God and that is it. And, um, when the, when the fellowship was broken in the garden, that peace was missing. And the only thing that can replace that peace is God again. And that's the only thing that can, you know, like he wants to reconcile us back to himself. Moses saw that he saw that God was the only thing that filled that void and he abandoned everything else. It's so neat when you're, <laughs> there's neat again. It's so cool when you realize that, you know, you've obeyed the Lord and you're in a situation that may not look good, but you know that you're there because the Lord has drawn, has put you there and you know that he's with you. Um, there's just a joy and a peace that he gives. Um, and you know what? I found an experience in my own life that when I followed the Lord, even if it was something that didn't make much sense, and, and after the fact, I look back and I just see the amount and amazing amount of blessing that um, he bestows on those who, who walk and, and don't follow the pleasures of sin, but follow what God wants you to follow. Um, he rewards you for that. It's not like he's like, oh, you're going to suffer in this world. And you, you may, but if, he, if you suffer, he's going to give you a peace and a joy in your heart that, that no one can explain. You know, and... Um, I don't know, it's just, I don't want to belabor that point, but just to realize that, like, God doesn't throw you under the bus on this world. Yeah. You know? He does bless you. You know, our wedding, my wedding with my wife was like that. You know, we walked through some tough stuff. Um, but as we were following the Lord through it all, he just reaped benefit and blessing. And we were just looking back afterwards going, wow, that was so cool how the Lord orchestrated that whole thing. So it's just a cool testimony to the Lord. Yeah, think about it. You know, it definitely takes a decision because it says he chose rather to suffer affliction it doesn't say he chose just to be with the people of God instead. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like he chose affliction over pleasure. Who yeah. does that? You know what I mean? Who like I'm life is so good. You know what? I'm just gonna like quit my job and, you know, play on the street and make money that way and yeah, I'll make I'll make ends meet, it's fine. Like <laughs> who puts <laughs> who put who takes their life completely not in their well, in their own hands, but places it in God's hands in such a, a drastic way, uh, like Moses did. You know, it takes a huge step of faith, which is what we're talking about. Moses, great evidence of that. And um, we've had a great time these last um, few shows with this faith topic. It's really been challenging me, just in the faith that I have. Is it strong? Is it weak? Is you it know, focused in yeah. the right direction? <clears throat> yeah, we've had so many different aspects of faith. It's amazing. It's teaching me more about faith, and, and uh, I'm excited about that. The last song we have for you tonight is called Meaningless Things by Adam Watts. This is the, the perfect song um, for what Moses was seeing. He saw everything that he had was meaningless if he didn't have Christ. 
and the line in the course that says, we can be kings of meaningless things or be slaves of love. And that is exactly what Moses' choice was. And he chose, well, he chose well. He chose right. to be slave to righteousness. And um, we're excited to say goodbye. Yeah. God <laughs> does amazing things with the life that's submitted to him and that's pursuing his plan. So um, we're going to roll this Adam Watt song. But until next week, be cool cats. Live for Christ. The Altar Life. Music, truth, real, period.